Welcome to Transform and Thrive. Your host, Helen Lee, examines the opportunities and practical solutions for individuals and organizations to transform and thrive in these times. She shares her wisdom and that of other changemakers impacting our world. Tune in for innovative and holistic tools and empowering strategies to reinvent yourself and or your organization and flourish in a world facing different crises. Hi, this is Helen Lee. Welcome to Transform and Thrive. Last Monday, I reshared part one of the wonderful interview I had with world thought leader Dr. John Gray about a year ago. His is a highly valuable and unique wisdom that certainly bears repeating at this time with all that is occurring globally and to humanity right now. He told us that we all come from trauma and we discussed the various types of intelligence we would need in order to go beyond it and thrive greatly. In this second part of my interview with him, we delve into the mastery of our human self something we would all need to focus on in the next 10 to 20 years as humanity goes through a massive spiritual awakening. In the last 20 years or more, I've been supporting people to transform and thrive as greatly as they are ready to do so. And since 2014, I have been taking this work to even higher levels by taking those who are open to it to higher levels of consciousness and thriving through experiencing firsthand their soul selves as well as the spirit of vastness that they are and the universe that is within them. And in the last two decades, I've also shared with thousands of people all over the world a technique that I was guided to create back in the year 2000 and have regularly upgraded over the years. Called the Golden Globe, it is a powerful key to mastery which has helped both individuals and organizations step up hugely and achieve desired results they targeted, both material and intangible ones. So it is indeed a great pleasure to listen to the perspective of the esteemed Dr. John Gray about the spiritual intelligence, emotional intelligence, and gender and relationship intelligence we discussed. In the following introduction to this part of the interview, I expound on John's background for those who are not familiar as to just how internationally successful he is as a relationship expert from the US, best known for his book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. May this interview with John inspire or support you in some way or other to develop an even greater sense of self. In the next episode, which is the third part of this interview, John shares with us the very first healing technique he had learned, which he says is the foundation for other things that he now does to grow his emotional and spiritual intelligence. Meanwhile, enjoy listening to this episode and be sure to tune in to the next one as well. And if you haven't as yet listened to part one, please do. This is the second part of my most heartening interview with Dr. John Gray. If you haven't listened to part one as yet, be sure to do that, either before or after listening to this episode. Meanwhile, for the benefit of the few who don't know John Gray, he is 
the author of the all-time favorite relationship book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. It was such a great book that USA Today even listed it as one of the top 10 most influential of the 1990s. And amazingly, it continues to be a bestseller, having been translated into some 45 languages. He has also written more than 20 books in the meantime, and the most recent is Beyond Mars and Venus, Relationship Skills for Our Complex Modern World. Be sure to get this book and transform your life to be better equipped with relationship skills we all need, be it with our significant other or in our interactions with everyone else on a daily basis. I was blessed to have received a whole lot of invaluable knowledge and wisdom from John Gray in a one and a half hour interview, which I've turned into two episodes, and I'm delighted to share it all with you, including a great process at the end of this episode. My wonderful listeners, clients, and friends, my beloved soul family. It is meant for all of us to greatly benefit from and was so enthusiastically and generously shared by Dr. John Gray, who has repeatedly appeared on Oprah, The Dr. Oz Show, CBS This Morning, Good Morning America, and many other programs. He was also featured in Time, Forbes, USA Today, and People, and a three-hour special hosted by Barbara Walters. Enjoy both parts of my interview, everyone. These are completely different ideas from everybody. You know, the Bible says, you know, give what you want. The golden rule is do unto others the way you want them to do unto you. Now, if you don't take gender into perspective, that's a great thing. You know, basically be kind, be generous, be friendly, be fair, don't punish. You know, these are, I don't want that to happen to me. So I'm going to treat you with the way I want to be treated. That's the golden rule. The platinum rule is between man and woman. If you want to give to her, give all those things which are non-gender. But from the perspective of you want a male-female relationship where there's attraction and energy, don't give what don't give what you want. I want to go to the cave. <laughs> hey, honey, just go relax. I'll ignore you for a while. No, she wants me to connect with her. He needs time to separate sometimes. Mm-hmm. See, what I need is different from what she needs. So if she doesn't know my vulnerabilities, what I need most is your vulnerabilities. Then she's not gonna, she'll step all over that. Like when you complain to a man. You're giving him the message he's a failure. Mm. His testosterone goes down. When you, particularly when you complain about his behavior, what he did or what he didn't do, he's going to react more to that than if I was to say to my wife, you know, honey, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. She won't like that, but she's not going to be affected by that the way a man is. Because whenever you complain to someone, their testosterone goes down. And that's a man's vulnerability. Now, when I get it, if I'm a good communicator, I can keep my testosterone up all the time. You know, my wife used to complain about me. I know all I have to do is let her talk for like 10 minutes without reacting. And she'll start looking at the other side of the picture. Mm-hmm. So your brain's designed to do that. Mm-hmm. Your brain's designed if you're in, if you're in dissatisfaction, that's a, a, that's called a moderate stress for women in moderate stress, blood flow goes to the right prefrontal cortex. 
which is designed to look at what's negative. And if she feels safe, then the blood flow goes to the left prefrontal cortex and she sees what's good and balances out the negative. So if she's looking at negative, all I have to do is not give her more reason to feel negative, which is give her what she's wanting with somebody who's listening to her. Tell me more. What else? Okay. Is there anything else? Tell me more how you feel. <laughs> See, after, if you feel her, there's nothing more negative to say. Mm-hmm. Then what will happen is your brain will automatically go to the other side and realize, well, it's not that bad. Well, it's not such a big deal. Well, I know you're doing this. Would you do this in the future for me? I'd really like that. So men don't know that. That's their power if they know that. But we have the ability when somebody teaches men what women really need. Today, more than ever, women need a new kind of emotional support to create female hormones. Now, in the past, women were taking care of children all the time. They had a community of women around them. They had help all the time. They weren't producing huge testosterone in the work world, doing what, what uh, sacrifice. you more about doing what your hormones tell you to do when you're doing that the problem women would have them if they had too much estrogen. Okay. That's the, and those would be depressed women in the past, all the way back to the Greek days, hysteria uh, only happened in rich women who didn't have to do anything. See, having to do something (laughs) produces testosterone, doing what you like, doing what's enjoyable, doing what other people, having other people do for you makes estrogen. And we all need to find our own unique balance. And how do you know you're out of balance? You're not happy. If you're not happy, you're out of balance. So, so there's many pathways to finding mental balance, emotional balance, physical balance, and spiritual balance. You know, in, in a sense, you hit the nail on the head. Well, John, you're talking about gender intelligence. You're talking about that's for relationship skills with the opposite sex. Then you talk about what was it anyway? You talked about spiritual intelligence. What you, what you did is went into emotional. I was talking about emotional intelligence is what allows you to love yourself. Okay, that's. Ideally, you learn about emotional intelligence uh, before you get into a relationship, because if you don't understand emotional intelligence, then when your partner upsets you, you think they have to change. No, you have to change your emotions. Then your partner will change. So amazing. It's so powerful. So emotional intelligence is one thing. And when I talk about it, it's the one I teach. I read the book on emotional intelligence, and that's nice, but it doesn't give you the real practical skill of identifying the deep emotions, how to let them go, the whole journey of how to do that, processes to do that. Uh, I teach that in my book. So that, that's what I'm familiar with that works. So emotional intelligence, gender intelligence, health intelligence, know how to eat, you see, don't overeat, learn how to fast. If you're a woman, don't fast, it'll drive you crazy unless it's the first 10 days starting your period. So see, your hormones are available to fast at that time. Once you get beyond the start date of your period and then 10 days on the 11th day, your body needs to make a lot more estrogen. It needs to make uh, twice as much estrogen and depriving yourself of food is not going to make estrogen. So you go kind of crazy at that time. And then for the next third, 12 days, you're making more progesterone. You don't want to discipline yourself. That's like doing what you like to do. What's enjoyable for you to do. Uh, estrogen is produced when you're doing what you depend on. And the other one is doing what you like and another female hormone progesterone. And then after your period, that's when your testosterone levels naturally are the highest. So that's when you can practice a little self-discipline, not drive yourself crazy, but everybody needs to cleanse their body. You know, you have to have health intelligence. All I see is overweight people and sick people and unhappy people. I don't take any drugs. I don't take any of that stuff. I just eat healthy food. 
in the past, when I traveled a lot, I would take supplements, okay, because my food wasn't all organic. If you're not eating organic food, you're putting toxins in your body, which will, which are called, it's scientific, this is all scientific, hormone disruptors. We see men's crisis of testosterone levels dropping every year, 1%. I'm 70 years old, mine have gone up to 50, 50 percent higher than a young man than I was when I was a young man. I'm stronger. I'm happier. I'm more motivated. You know, just this is possible folks, but I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have emotional intelligence. So I don't blame people for stuff. I don't never get angry. If I'm angry, I take time alone to reprocess my emotions, rebuild my testosterone, then process my emotions. If that's health. And so then you've got emotional intelligence, you've got relationship intelligence, which is with the opposite sex is my expertise. And because see what happens when it's the opposite sex, if you can't love the opposite sex intimately, you are intimately disconnected with the rest of the world. You realize that? See, a lot of women, you know, they just, I don't want to be in a relationship with a man because they've had a negative experience of being in a relationship with a man. Their mother did. It's all part of your generational programming. So I don't want to be with a man. I can't be open to a man. Men who have unhappy mothers, they don't want to be with a woman. They have commitment issues. They can't be turned on to women. You know, right now what we see in the dynamic of it's either your mother's unhappy and your father didn't make her happy. They didn't have a relationship or to some degree, that's the case. And then you compound that to unhappiness and then you find your addiction. And so we have what's called a porn addiction. Every, every college student, they can't find tests to do, to compare the testosterone of a, of a, of a young man who is doing porn versus a young man who's not doing porn. They can't find them. It's amazing. You can't even do a scientific study. All you can do now is realize that now all, all college students are 20% lower in uh, their testosterone levels than 20 years ago. And what's the big change? It's the porn. And the porn industry is a multi-trillion dollar industry. It's unbelievable. It's what made the internet work. And they, of course, have all this uh, talking points on how masturbation is good and porn is good and it doesn't lower your testosterone. It creates aliveness, all a complete lie. And the only study you can find scientific study to prove what I'm saying is one study that showed 25 year old athletes. Okay. These are men in the prime of their life. Right. And they have, they had men who are in relationship and men who are not in relationship. And what they found is that when, when a man has sex with his wife once a week, what will happen is he has a basic baseline that you measure. Every guy's got a basic baseline of testosterone, whatever it is. Now he has sex. The next day, his, during sex, it will go up higher. But the next day you'll go back to your baseline. And then if you have sex two days later or you masturbate, or you look at porn, okay, they'll say your testosterone goes down afterwards to your baseline. But if you don't masturbate and you don't have sex, but just one sex a week on the same day, you have six days of no sex, meaning no ejaculation for men. On the seventh day, his testosterone will become 50% higher on the seventh, 50% higher. So I had nine years of not masturbating in my twenties. So already my testosterone was high. You need a lot of testosterone if a man to do sit straight up in your meditation for 18 hours with a smile on your face. Okay. That's powerful test. That's discipline, you know, to go 30 days every year. I, I also will do a 30 day fast on, on water or soup or lemon water. You know, I do various things, 
That takes massive discipline, but that's why I have such high testosterone levels. See, this is we're talking about life. mastery of self, right? Yes, self mastery. And for I, women, it's more about emotional mastery. I have to say that. That's a see. That's estrogen. It's yeah. ma- self mastery. Ideally, your twenties is about self mastery. And actually, self mastery is you know they all say know thyself. Okay, mm. know thyself is self reflection, right? <laughs> to know who you are. Well, who are you? You're happy. You're loving, you're forgiving, you're generous, you're here in this world for a reason. So you're purposeful, you have meaning, you're supported, you're worthy. That's who you are. You know, when they say know thyself, I go, what are they talking about? You know, I'm me, I know who I am. What is <laughs> such silly? And then I finally realized what is actually meant, know thyself, is instead of this compulsive, reactive person. And when I am this cult, this reactive, not loving person then what I go is, oh, that's not me. Who I am is this loving person. Can somebody help me get back to who I am? And that's why we have self-help processes. Now, physiologically, this prefrontal cortex, which is the capacity to fully know yourself, doesn't mean you know yourself, but you at least have the part of the brain necessary (laughs) to know yourself. That doesn't develop fully, and it doesn't in everybody, until you're 28 years old, 29 years old. This is a a gradual development of the brain as you get older and older. It changes. Even in your 50s, your brain can still grow. And I can't find that study anymore because I hadn't found it 15 years ago. It's hard to find some of this old stuff. But that study said in your 50s, what behavior allows you to grow your brain is resolving two points of view simultaneously, which is, of course, why my brain is so healthy, is that I'm always hearing two points of view, male, female, understanding differences. You know, in every tradition, you get in your 50s, you're no longer, you're, you're like the wise person, you're the elder, and you're helping people to forget all the arguing and the angst and try to understand each other and bring them together. And that was always the elders would do that. And that actually is how you keep your brain going when you're in your older years. It needs to continue growing. Otherwise, anything that's not growing is dying. That's the law of entropy. There are three laws of thermodynamics. If you're not adding order to a system, then you're going to go into losing order in a system. And that takes intention, intention. So what is your intention every day? What's my intention? There needs to be challenges. And more on the female side, the intention to get support as well as to give support. No problem with that. But if I'm not getting support, come back to my female side, which is a magnet to pull in support. It has the wisdom of where to get it. You know, like you get some women who are just attracted to the wrong men. Okay. It just, it could be so surprising till I understood the childhood wounds that cause women to be turned on to men who are not available, men who are dangerous, men who are drug addicts, and yet women get sexually turned on. You kind of go, how did that happen? You know, and why do men, for example, get turned on to women that are totally unavailable? That's porn who fantasy. See, we, we as human beings become turned on to fantasy. Now, for women, it's a different reason than for men. For men, it's the feeling of inadequacy. For women, it's the feeling of unworthiness. The unworthiness says, you know, I want to find a man who I will change for rather than a man who says, you're fine just the way you are. I love you. I want to support you in growing. And so you have to know what you're attracted to and why you're attracted to it. And understand, don't even think of having sex with a man until your mind, you can be naked mentally, naked emotionally then you can become naked physically. Otherwise, it's an inappropriate, 
desire. Not all our desires are healthy. You know, I desire ice cream in the moment, anytime, but I don't eat it <laughs> except on rare occasions, just because you desire something doesn't. And it feels like, yes, that's me. Like the cocaine. Co One of my friends was a, completely on marijuana all the time. I said, you know, you're addicted to it. <laughs> he said, oh, no, no, I'm not addicted to it. I could stop anytime. And I said, well, why don't you? Well, I just like it too much. <laughs> It's elusive, you know, it's just hyper-dependence on weak men and hyper-dependence. So they depend on things too much and they, they don't have that sense of strength and independence and they don't have logic. They don't have independence. They don't have accountability. They don't have power. They don't feel powerful. There's, so what I did in my book, Beyond Mars and Venus, I listed out the states of your, what these attitudes like being logical, you're making testosterone being emotional, you're making estrogen, being selfless, you're making testosterone, mm -hmm. being, being uh, selfish is estrogen producing. See, think, I don't like to say women are selfish. All right. So, cause women are so generous and giving, there's no question about it, but when they're unhappy in a relationship, they come into my office. I say, what's the problem? Well, I do this. He doesn't do this. I do this. He doesn't do this. I do this. He doesn't do this. I do this. He does. <laughs> That's, I'm not getting what I want. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the female side of everybody that says, hey, do this for me. And the male side of us says, hey, I'm going to do this for you. And women have a male and female side. The female is weak today. For men, the male is weak today. We have to strengthen it. And you, one of the best ways to strengthen it, I'll just say, one is self-mastery. And then you strengthen that ability, what I was just talking about by having a, a relationship with somebody who's different from you, where you have to integrate those differences, hormonal differences. And my experience is when a man can understand a woman who he doesn't understand, and now he understands her better, he becomes more whole. When a woman can accept and appreciate a man for things that maybe she doesn't appreciate before, she becomes more whole. For example, women always say men are selfish. Well, those women are often not selfish enough. So rather than judge him for being selfish, think, hey, you know, I need to be more selfish. I need to love myself becoming more selfish. I have a right. I deserve. And, you know, when men go too far with their female side, they are selfish. Okay. That's, that's too selfish. Every problem in men today, almost that I've experienced, it's every man, but I can't say it's everybody because I haven't seen everyone, but, and I've seen millions. It's men going too far to their female side, not getting back to their male and women going too far to their male side, not knowing how to get back to their female. And you can't get back to your female unless you get help. Men can do it themselves if they have a teacher, instruction, using logic, they can transform themselves. But women need someone to help them. That's because estrogen production is I'm being helped. And another form of help that you mentioned that's missing in the world today, which could be a major crux of the problem that allows us to go the wrong direction is lack of spiritual intelligence. See, spiritual intelligence says to a woman, I'm not alone. That's the biggest estrogen producer in the world. And spiritual awareness in a man increases testosterone because he feels I have to be a good person to be loved by God. Otherwise, I will go to the bad places. Okay. So there's a sense of I need to be good, virtuous, teaches men, you do this, you will be rewarded. You do this, you will be rewarded. You don't do this, you will be punished, or at least you will not be successful. It's the ultimate coach is to believe there's a higher power that knows more than you and will re reward you when you do good. That's what men need to know.
And also spirituality says, if you need help, I will help you. Take one step towards God, God will take nine steps towards you. You know, the same principles of, of the highest level of spirituality apply to every one of those other things. Your body, if I don't do good things for my body, I will be sick. If I can't take responsibility for my emotional suffering and distress, I will stay suffering. You know, this is um, this these bottom lines. And if I don't understand in a heterosexual relationship how many women are different and just think we're all the same, you will suffer. And that's what's happening. So much suffering today that many people are even interested in getting married. They're not interested in loving the opposite sex. They just want to uh, have their own life and not be dependent on the opposite sex. What we need is differences need to be inclusive. And ironically, the most inclusive thing there is on the planet today, which is the biggest problem, is we're not including the opposite sex. We're saying, no, no, you should think the way I do. You should feel the way I do. There are no differences. And yet everywhere else, they're just celebrating. They're saying, this person's a victim and this person's a victim. And when you talk about men and women, oh, women are the victim of men and oh, men are so bad. That tends to be the narrative a lot. Why? Because women don't know how they affect men. They don't know how they can bring out the best in a man or bring out the worst in a man. And men don't know how they can bring out the best in a woman and how with all their good intentions, they're bringing out the worst in her. We affect each other. That's what intimate relationship is. I give up my ability when I'm intimate with my partner to say, I'm allowing you to affect me in big time. That's when you get naked with someone, you open a door that says how you think is going to affect me more than the guy on the highway who just honked his horn at me. I said, too bad. I'm in the front lane. You know, nobody can affect me. I have one person. I have sort of a thing. I'm a fast driver and sometimes people don't like it. And one time I was driving really fast. I was late to the airport and this woman was driving frantically to keep up with me. And I thought, oh, cool. She's a fast driver too. And then she, we're stopped at a stoplight. And she's, she smiled at me like, hey, hi. I rolled down my window, hi. Push a button, window goes down. She goes, hi. And then she says some negative thing to me, the, the equivalent of a man shooting the finger at you, okay? <laughs> and I was affected by that. I felt tricked, like being punched in the stomach without, without preparation. So I always took that as kind of a regulator of my experience. So occasionally somebody will honk at me or, or shoot the bird at me. <laughs> That means insult me. And I just go, sorry. And that's it. Just like, I see I upset you. Sorry. <laughs> no reaction at all. No, you know, I see some men, for example, if you pass them and they don't want to be passed, they'll do the, they'll try to catch up with you and pass you, you know, is that you pass me, I'm going to pass you. And sometimes I have to say, I'm a little playful and I don't let them do it because I go so fast. <laughs> and, and, and many times I just go, oh, go right ahead and pass. No problem. You know, just it's how we react to life. And we all have our conditioning that causes the react in certain ways. Generally speaking, a woman's reactive is, is victim. If she's in her monkey, See, if a monkey can't communicate and you know, I step on your foot, you have to say something like, ow. And if I do it again, you have to raise your voice and go, ow, ow. And you want to say that's so you have to amplify the problem thinking that's going to change, but it has just the opposite effect in a civilized society. People don't change when they're being attacked. We need to use your words, okay, not your fists. And today, words are violent. My mother taught me this as a child, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words cannot harm you. And we've made such a big deal out of speech. And now we can't, we're also hypersensitive because we're not connected to our truth. Mm -hmm. so we're easily swayed by things. If you say something different from me, I feel threatened by it. 
And I do feel threatened by people who think in these crazy ways from my point of view, but then I let it go very quickly. And I certainly don't feel hurt by it. And I don't feel powerless about it. I don't have to get angry. You have a great sense of self, right? That's where it all comes from. And the real great sense of self is the spiritual because that's who we are. We're spiritual beings in a human body here to transform your programming to become a more loving person. You, you have that's, that's a, challenge. a great foundation, such a great grounding. You know, you had such great parents, you know, who took you to see you. I did. I had great grounding, great parents. I had great gurus. I had great training. I had great discipline. You have to be inspired. You, you know, when I tell the Maharishi University, right? Was that in actually I left I left Maharishi after nine years before the university. He oh, did it. Okay. Maharishi University in America came after I was with him. Okay. But I was a professor at Maharishi European Research Institute. That was Meru, was his first university in Europe. And I got my master's and bachelor's degree through that. In Switzerland. Uh, in Switzerland, yes. In okay, Switzerland. And the whole time I was a Hindu monk at that time. Amazing. Because so, <laughs> he was a Hindu monk. He was my role model. And I, I became him until I found him inside myself. You know, often we look for role models that have a, a wisdom and a competence that we are drawn to, because if we resonate with that, the part of us that's like that can come forth. But we're not the same as that. Like I, I was his personal assistant. I could say I could give every lecture. I went to every teacher training program. I taught his teacher training programs. I became him. And his whole thing, when I was his assistant, he would ask me to shorten people's people want to talk to him about problems he said go and talk to them for a while and condense it down to a question <laughs> so we're not spending so much time so i became very good at that condensing this down but whenever there was a problem in relationship he would say i have no answers I have, i'm a monk i have no uh expertise in having a relationship or sex so so when i left marishi i i i Part of the philosophy of a TM teacher they taught you is you can't teach this and if you leave, this is our knowledge to kind of grab their knowledge. So that's their, it's like a cult. All these things like you can't teach it unless you pay us. But I don't judge him for that. That's how these things go. So I would feel bad, but I didn't want to teach what he had taught me. I wanted to find out what was inside of me now that I found that person. So it's so funny. The one thing he couldn't teach about was sex and relationships. That became my expertise. And now I, I of course... <laughs> I, I, I'm a, a spiritual teacher as well, but I teach through love, yes. but also I still, you know, every day, four to six hours of meditation. I think meditation is the real grounding inside of me. And people say, how, how can you do that? Healthy hormones. Okay. It's, you have to have stamina. You have to have strength to do that and, and practice and you get good at something. You know, I, I literally, uh, can't do what I did as a really young guy. 18 hours is a little bit too much for me. My back gets a little sore sitting up with no back support for 18 hours, not moving. My knees get a little sore, but I can do it in, in the bathtub. So I often just get in the bathtub because then it's easier on my knees uh, to be cross-legged <laughs> for 10 hours. It's just like you walk out, can I move my legs again? You know, that whole thing. So I, I do long meditations I'll do in the bathtub. And I suggest for everybody, and I just for you as an empath and anybody who's an empath, one of the most powerful ways to not absorb and hold on to people's stuff is surround yourself with water. And if you're in your office, have a little, those little waterfalls and you always have fresh flowers, flowers, absorb negative energy. Water absorbs negative energy. Uh, fire 
you know, these long rituals of putting things into a fire, candlelight, you know, why do we associate candlelights with romance? Because it, it pulls out negative energy. It's a setting, it's an environment, routines and rituals. They all, where you don't have to think, but you're doing something automatically to uplift rather than all of our negative reactions, which are automatic reactions that don't uplift. So we have certain rituals with intention. Everything is about using your intention. So when you're in the water, you use the intention that, you know, dear God, I open my heart to you. Come sit in my heart, use this water. And with this water, draw out the negativity in my, in my heart and in my body. So it's always intentional. I'm using this water to pull the negative energy out. If you look at the American Indians, they smudge, you know, you put the smoke out into the room. It absorbs a lot of negative energy. If you're intending it, you have to call forth the spirits, the divine using this, do this for me. It's all about intention and request. So if you go to Bali, for example, when I was there, you'd see all the little Balinesian statues and they dress them every day and they put fruit in front of them. That's activating. You have to, my intent, when I do these things for you, my intent is that you bless me. So without the intent to call upon a higher power to bless you, it's always there to bless you, but you got to ask for it and you got to give something. See, that's another message in life. Intention grows stronger. It's really intention, call forth and do, but the intention grows stronger when you connect with something of a natural frequency and intend it to draw forth any negativity and spread light into the room, spread love into the room. Uh, you know, I have friends who, who what he, they call take away the negative energy in a house in order for it to sell. One of my friends does this, you know, when a house can't sell for a while, he says, let me come in and smudge it and do prayers in it, uplift the energy, yeah. wash away all the negative arguments and space, and, and space clearing. And then you have feng shui, which is intentional placement of objects for a purpose. Yeah, It's not yeah. that the, the objects are doing anything. It's the intention that your mind is going, okay, in this direction, I am doing this. And this direction has to do with my relationship. I'm honoring that. So I have feng shui in my house, you know, beautiful, loving couple statue and part of the quadrant of the house for my astrology, which is about love. And then I have my career, which is a big bookshelf and lots of books and that whole thing, you know, so that lots of, but what the magic of all that is, it's just clarifying your intention. You're working toward that, working towards that. I found new gems when re-listening to my interview with Dr. John Gray and I hope you've gotten useful information from it as well. Earlier this year, I had the honor of interviewing another internationally famous person, Dame Marie Diamond, who is well known as a European feng shui master who was featured in the movie The Secret. In fact, she's known as the secret behind the secret, who was largely responsible for it becoming such a global success. You can catch the interview with Marie in three episodes from episode 54 to 56, which will help you to do what John was referring to regarding feng shui and space clearing, and which in turn will help you transform and thrive even more. Meanwhile, with regard to having a greater sense of self and self-mastery, come join us in our monthly Zoom sessions by joining our Transform and Thrive Membership Club. You can try it out for a month to get the powerful key to mastery, the Golden Globe, which has been tried and tested for the last two decades by thousands of clients worldwide and which I use to share with only one-on-one clients who pay much, much higher 
one-on-one -on -one fees to do a whole program with me. You can still do that if you prefer, but I'm offering this amazing tool to everyone at a super affordable fee so that many, many more can be their greatest self and thrive immeasurably. It's deliberately to help humanity raise its consciousness and vibrations so that together we can co-create a whole new world of abundance or peace and plenty for all. Either way, you can reach me by simply looking for my contact details and the Transform and Thrive Membership Club link, if you wish, as well as the various social media links on this podcast website. You're listening to this episode on, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. And I greatly look forward to serving you soon. This is Helen Lee on the Transform and Thrive Show, sending you so much love and wishing you endless possibilities of great joy and freedom, peace and abundance at all levels, now and always. Let's create a truly, truly wonderful, balanced and genuinely caring world together and great fulfillment and dreams come true for ourselves and others. Happy transforming and thriving, my beloved friends. You most definitely have the power to do so masterfully and joyously. We can all move towards ultimate mastery now and together. Thank you for joining me. Your presence is vital and very, very much appreciated as always. Bye for now. Bye.